0: One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. (laughs) AutoTrader.
1: The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. Welcome to True Crime Garage, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man who would like to remind you all that if you do not enjoy today's show, blame it on Jerry Gergich. Here is the captain.
0: Yeah, blaming it on Jerry is like treating yourself. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend.
1: We are still drinking this good stuff right here. We have a little half-and-half lemonade iced tea IPA by our friends at Evil Twin Brewing Company. This is a fantastic IPA for the hot days of summer. Refreshing with the lemonade and iced tea. Garage grade three and three-quarter bottle caps out of five. And here's some cheers to our good friends. First up, we have Serena. In McLeansboro, Illinois.
0: And a big shout out to Christine
1: K in Parts Unknown. Next up, we have Tristan in New Braunfels, Texas. And a
0: big shout out to Christina in High Ridge, Missouri.
1: And here we have a cheers to Ashley B. in Orange, California. And last but certainly not least, we have Ronnie in London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you all for helping us out with this week's beer fund. Check us out. Check out the store page. Check out the blog Check out the recommended reading at TrueCrimeGarage.com.
0: Yeah, and that's enough of the business.
1: All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Jalik's grandparents, Barbara, and her husband, Dennis Smith, well, they publicly called out their son-in-law, Stephen. In a Capital News 9 piece, Barbara said, I believe that Stephen is the only one who knows what happened to Jalik on November 1st, and I do believe he harmed him. She elaborated that earlier in 2007... Jocelyn asked Stephen to leave the home because she was afraid he would harm the children. According to Barbara, Stephen had anger management issues and had been going to counseling for them. They were so bad that Jocelyn had made him move out of the family home for brief periods. This twice in 2007 because of aggressive behavior towards the children. And after the stream incident that we talked about yesterday, Jocelyn forced Stephen to pen a letter of apology to Jalik for this and made him do the child's chores for one month. Barbara and Dennis enthusiastically helped Elaine Persons found the Find Jalik task force, getting billboards erected, holding vigils, and organizing volunteer searches. Those searches continued weekly, even after police scaled back their official searches for Jalik this in May of 2008. And also in May of 2008, Barbara petitioned the court to assign custody of Jalik over to her so that she could more actively pursue legal avenues to locating him, such as obtaining medical records and contacting homeless shelters on his behalf. She said she also wanted to ensure that the boy had a safe and stable home to come back to in the event that he was still alive. A Warren County judge ruled against her in July. Jeffrey McMorris, he's the attorney for the parents, said of her request, quote, the grandmother here was... Just worried about her own publicity, end
0: quote. This lawyer is as big of a dirt bag as the father is.
1: At least he's getting paid to do so. The the father's <laughs> just being a dirtbag for Well, no, free. no,
0: he was he's getting paid too. He's getting paid by the state. That's true. So they're both paid dirt bags.
1: Continuing with July two thousand and eight here, Captain, the Albany Times Union reported that Jalik's grandmother, the one that we were just praising, was arrested. And charged with second degree burglary. This is based on a complaint from Jocelyn and Stephen. Apparently, Barbara entered the unlocked Ravenway house. This is where they were living right. and used a flashlight to do a little snooping, a little poking around, if you will. Remember, Stephen and Jocelyn were no longer living there at this time, they had already moved off to Vermont. A neighbor reported that someone was in the house. You know, you can, you've seen this in the movies The all the lights are out. It's supposed to be dark over at the neighbor's home. Oh no. You can see someone walking around with a flashlight in there. So the neighbor reported someone was in the house and since her entry technically was unauthorized by the owners, Barbara was facing charges for this. She did plea not guilty in court in a court proceeding which took place on July 15th. I think more interesting than her arrest is what could she have possibly found in the house or what was she looking for?
0: Well, and whatever she would have found, they would have probably wouldn't have been admissible in the court of law.
1: Well, what we do have is shortly after this burglary, and I don't think this is any coincidence at all, the police executed a search warrant on the home.
0: Good. Well, look, here's a couple of things. I applaud what she's trying to do. I also applaud that she has no problem throwing her son-in-law under the bus. He doesn't seem to be cooperative. He doesn't seem to give a shit. You claim that this boy went missing on his own accord and you move? None of this stuff makes any sense. You're ripping down posters uh, of this kid. You are not cooperative with police. You are caught lying over and over you're still collecting money for a kid that you're not taking care of you you basically tried to kill this kid by drowning him this is not a good dude and I applaud the effort by turning on him and throwing him under the bus but at the same time we're not looking for a missing person anymore we're we should be looking for a body If the father is responsible, which it just makes the most sense, the logical connection, he's not responsible for the kid going missing. He's responsible for the kid's death. And we need to be looking for a dead body.
1: What the police was looking for with their search warrant was one item of interest. This was reported to be a piece of clothing that they stated that Barbara saw while she was inside that home. This was a bright yellow fleece pullover. The one Jalik was said to have been wearing when he disappeared. The same one that searchers were looking for as they scanned the woods, fields, and waterways. Usually that's one of the things that they're really pointing out here with in regards to the searches. When you're looking for someone, it's very helpful when you're able to tell them, tell the searchers, Hey, he or she was last seen wearing this bright red, sweater, right. Or this bright yellow fleece pullover, something that's easy to spot. So you can move and clear land and keep going. Well, this fleece that they were told he was last wearing was found by Barbara in the home. And then later by police after they executed the search warrant turns out, obviously this thing was in the house this whole time.
0: Well, it's just more proof that they're liars.
1: It's odd too, that it was even left behind when they moved. Right. Like it, it, this, no. it, it seems like an oversight because wouldn't this be something you would try to get rid of if you realized after the fact, Oh, this happens to still be here. And I told everybody, this is what he was wearing.
0: I don't think these are good people. I think these individuals try to use the system. Well, if we adopt these kids, we're going to get sent $1,500 a month as a stipend. We're not going to really clothe these kids or take care of these kids. We're not even going to try to pay for electricity or have heating in the house. And so to me it's not an oversight. That's just what kind of people these people are. They're lazy pieces of shit that don't want to work, that don't want you know that don't want to care for people that they're going out of their way to take responsibility of these kids, but they don't even want to take care of those kids. They just want the stipend. Therefore, they don't have to work as hard.
1: It also kind of reminds you of the Dior Coons case where they found an article of clothing in their home that he was supposedly wearing when last seen at the campsite. Yeah. The police did submit this fleece for testing. I don't know what really came of it. There's not been much said about it since it was located. Right. We did have this weird voice analysis thing, and we've seen this in some other cases. And this was brought in and gone about because, remember, Stephen would not agree to the polygraph test. So some people said, you know, you can use data, using data to determine whether he was lying or not with this voice analysis stuff.
0: Right.
1: So remember, there was that strange interview that Stephen and Jocelyn gave to News 10. This was almost immediately after Jalik disappeared.
0: All right, the one where they didn't really answer a bunch of questions.
1: Correct. Well, at the request of this fine Jalik task force that has been formed, Texas EquiSearch brought in two leading voice analysis experts to use a method called layered voice analysis, which measures changes in voice frequency to detect truthfulness and analyze the interview audio. Voice analysis expert and private investigator TJ Ward said, quote, I have dealt with family members and this is not the way family members react to someone missing, not at all, end quote.
0: Okay, but what do you make of this? Bringing in this expert. Does it doesn't seem like a huge waste of time to you? We already have evidence that this guy is a liar. So why spend any more time on the fact that he's not truthful.
1: Well, you're grasping for straws here is what you're doing. It's, it's, you know, it's the task force bringing in these experts via Texas EquiSearch. But do
0: you think it's in some way, shape or form? Like, well, we know he's lying. We know we've caught him lying multiple times, right? Is this their way of, if we bring on these experts and maybe they state that he's lying, maybe that puts a little more, uh, heat on the fire a little more flame, um, a little more pressure on him to possibly come forward.
1: It's an interesting tactic because it's not the police bringing in these experts. Right. And it probably didn't cost them anything to do this work and to publicly state that they are doing this work. Really, you're, as you stated, turn up the heat a little bit shake some trees, see what falls out. Maybe he, maybe does feel the pressure and he goes and he talks to police. I mean, at some point in these investigations, when you really feel like you have the person or know the person to be responsible for whatever act it is or misdeeds that were done, if you got nothing on them, you got nothing on them, right? But you still have them there in the spotlight and they can react. They can make mistakes. We've seen This alleged, and I want to be clear about that, alleged behavior and actions of this man that don't seem to be well thought out or well planned, and we've seen talk of him flying off the handle. Maybe you turn up the heat and he does something dumb. Right.
0: Well, he he is dumb.
1: Barbara and Elaine uh, and Jalik's other advocates prayed that these type of things would bring charges against Stephen Kerr. But we have to keep in mind, just like polygraphs, this layered voice analysis, the results of these are not admissible in court. Mm -hmm. Articles noting the one year anniversary of Jalik's disappearance stated that police were still meeting regularly to discuss the case and share any leads or tips that might have come in. But the optimism was really fading around this one-year anniversary.
0: Well, I was just going to say, they need to be doing searches around his father's cabin where they were at that night, and, and then the cabin that they lived in with cadaver dogs. And and I don't know if that has been done, but those, those are the searches that need to be done.
1: They they were doing that early on, within, within the first hours and days of, of the boy having gone missing.
0: But the problem with all this is this is an area where there's a lot of wooded area, right? So it's a lot of ground to cover.
1: Yeah, they did a five-mile radius search with the assistance of many different agencies, including the forest rangers, the state forest rangers. So around this first-year anniversary, we have Chief Bell who states that at this point there was really little that they could do they being the police, other than investigate leads that were coming in and wait for a break in the case. Because they've kind of exhausted everything by this point. The investigation, he said, had cost a fortune to that date, putting the police department well over their budget. The missing persons flyer issued, they issued a new one around the same time. For Jalik, by the State Division of Criminal Justice Services, it was updated at this time to reflect that Jalik had not run away but had disappeared under unknown circumstances. As for the parents, the lawyer issued a statement saying that they continued to, quote, pray he is safe and will return home soon.
0: Do you think the mother just doesn't know
1: I think that if the mother knows what happened, the only way she knows what happened is if she was told. I don't think she witnessed anything firsthand or was a part of anything in regards to the first 24 hours or 48 hours of the boy being missing. Right. 18 months agree. Uh, into this thing, roughly, May 13th, 2009, police and state forest rangers searched the banks of the Battenkill River. This is an area... Well, it's, it's an area that is called the Hell Hole, and it's described as a swirling bulge in the river water. Cadaver dogs hit near this location, and police were aware that Stephen Kerr was very familiar with the area. Sounds like a lovely place.
0: Oh, because he's a shitbag that goes with Hell Hole, right?
1: Well, the family would camp in this area and, and had been known to do so. <laughs> hey,
0: kids, let's go at the old hell hole.
1: Nothing was found in this search of the banks. Uh, Chief Bell said, we continue to get tips. Uh, the interest has not died off. We still want to find Jalik. This is all per News 10. And about a year and four months later, investigators returned to this area again, this time with state police dive crews on hand. The water level of the Battenkill River fluctuated, especially in the quote-unquote hellhole, and it was often unsafe for divers. Quote, it's a dangerous place to dive. There is metal and rebar and other stuff down there, said Chief Bell. This is per the Times Union. The chief described the site as a gorge at the bottom of a hydroelectric dam, which leads to a whirlpool. A New York State police spokesperson said that the dive team searched that specific area because of its proximity to a hydroelectric dam. Because of the water pressure created by the dam, anything in the water there is pushed down into a very small area. So I mean this sounded like a perfect spot to hide something, to hide a body maybe. Right. The search unfortunately was fruitless or for, fortunately was fruitless in 2009. A hunter walking in the woods near Lake desolation in Northern Saratoga County found skull fragments on the ground. It was determined that they were in fact human and they were deemed to be the remains of a child estimated to be 10 to possibly 12 years old. It looks like at the time in 2009, captain, there were six missing persons cases in the area that would meet or could meet this criteria. Right. Law enforcement officials, they jumped all over this, of course. And Jalik was one of the possible six missing persons that they thought it could be. Fortunately, it was not him. And the, some of their estimates were wrong with their findings. It turned out that the skull uh, was the remains of a 18-year-old girl from Colorado, her name is Jennifer Hammond, who went missing in August of 2003. In March of 2010, police released an aged-enhanced portrait of Jalik they had been prepared by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Police held a press conference announcing the release of this photo to the media. Chief Bell said, quote, I'm hoping this might spark some interest in the parents to come forward. It's two and a half years later and they act like this never happened. They need to reach out and be cooperative with law enforcement. End quote. One thing I will really really want to commend chief bell and others that do stuff like this. Again, we, we have a situation where we look at it from afar and we can say it really points to two possible outcomes. Yeah. Maybe the boy ran away, but we have evidence that the father is being less than truthful and is not being cooperative with police and by his own admission and everybody else's account as well, he's the last one to have seen the boy.
0: And he has also temper issues and he can be violent.
1: So if the boy didn't run away, this is your responsible person, your responsible party. Right. And one thing that I love about Chief Bell is anytime they have any reason to go to the media at all, he's circling the wagons and saying, hey, we're putting out this information, one, for the public to help us out, but two... Because we want the parents. This is uh, this is in efforts to get the parents to cooperate with us, to talk with us, to help us out. Now, Captain, we need to introduce somebody named Scott Thorpe, age 37. Okay. And his involvement or non-involvement in this case, I don't know how you want to look at it, but he's certainly, in my opinion, a big part of the story. Because in April of 2010, Scott Thorpe, kidnapped a man who owed him money for drugs. He beat the guy up and showed him a photo of what appeared to be a dead body along with Jalik's missing persons flyer. He told the guy that he beat up that he had killed the kid and he would do the same to this guy. If he didn't pay up on his debts, then he and his goons dumped this kidnap victim off in Kingsbury. Right a body in one of the photos is said to have some resemblance to Jalik. And the victim was told that it was in fact Jalik. This is all per an investigator. This was reported in the times union paper. They said that police recovered all of these photos during a search of Scott Thorpe's house. Apparently this guy, he fled the area. He went down to Florida and was on the run for a while until the U.S. Marshals caught up with him and arrested him in late June of 2010.
0: Douche on the run.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Douche on the run.
1: Thorpe was, of course, locked up and charged with attempted murder and kidnapping, and he was extradited back to Washington County, where at that time he was being held for an eventual trial on the charges. Now, investigators at the Center for Missing and Exploited Children examined these photographs that were found in Thorpe's possession at his home, and specifically the one that was thought to be Jalik. Their final ruling, Captain, was that it was not Jalik in that photo. Unfortunately, any of the information out there to the public does not address who it was in the photograph or my thoughts maybe it was a doctored photo that it wasn't anything right? like what Scott Thorpe was telling us it would be the good news is we know that whatever it was in that photo dead body or not it's not our missing boy Jaleep Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash true crime garage fifty and use code True Crime Garage Five Zero to get fifty percent off your first box, plus twenty percent off your next month. That's code TrueCrime Garage 50 at factormeals.com slash true crime garage five zero to get fifty percent off your first box plus twenty percent off your next month while your subscription is active.
0: All right, we are back. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for joining us. What a frustrating case.
1: Yes, frustrating indeed. Cheers to all the people up front. <laughs> people in the back, come on. Spend up. Spend up.
0: I think I think you're just getting excited because you're heading off on your vacation.
1: I'm so going to upset everybody before. He's been before drinking
0: heavily. All, right. heavily.
1: all right, Captain, mm-hmm. Captain, Captain. We mentioned the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children several times throughout this case. We've mentioned them on the show dozens of times before, not because, not just because they've been involved in other cases that we've covered, but also because we've encouraged people to seek them out and maybe offer up a little bit of donation, be it money or time, because yeah. they are doing fantastic work. They are working their damnedest to bring children home Now, in this case, they've continued to support law enforcement and continue to help in the investigation and the search for Jalik Rainwalker. We mentioned that the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children created an age progression photo of Jalik. But in 2012, that organization took on a larger role. Representatives of the NCMEC, or NCMEC as John Douglas likes to call it, came to Washington County to undertake the daunting task of reviewing the investigation and all of the evidence compiled by four, one, two, three, four, law enforcement agencies that investigated this case.
0: Not... Not only are you good at computer, you're good at counting.
1: I can also go four three two one in the opposite oh. direction. The Nick report turned out to be eighty pages. It was an eighty page report that was eventually released to law enforcement. Investigators said that it opened up a few leads that would be pursued. After working with the NCMEC, in late two thousand and twelve, the Cambridge Greenwich Police finally changed the classification of Jalik's case. Mm-hmm. This is something you were pointing out, and you've been you've been pounding the desk and pounding the table and saying this is what we need to be doing here. They changed the classification of Jalik's case from a missing child to a probable child homicide. Yeah. At a December twenty twelve press conference Chief Bell made the announcement that Jalik was the victim of a, quote, probable child homicide, not a runaway. State Police Major Crimes Unit backed this up. Investigators acknowledged that they had exhausted all leads in the case, although they insisted that it was not a cold case. At the press conference, Grandma Barbara and her husband both spoke about how painful it was to continue to have hope every day that Jalik was still alive and yet to have no answers for all this time. A plea was made to the public to help find the missing boy. Authorities also requested that the media stop disseminating the old national center for missing and exploited children's age progressed photos of Jalik. Mm -hmm. And the organization took them off of their website this is weird, right? Because earlier we are condemning the father for tearing down the posters of the, the prayer vigil and saying any publicity is good publicity. But here we have law enforcement tearing down their own photos and telling people to tear up the old age progression photos that we sent out. They're doing this because what they're saying at the time is all they are getting from these age progression photos are false leads, right? They're spinning their tires. They're out chasing ghosts.
0: Well, we see that a lot of times with missing person cases, even people that we know, people that were close to authors that have gone up to other countries and showed uh, people pictures of a girl and and they get these leads and you think, Oh my God, it's going to be solved. It's people misremember. People want to see things that they didn't see they want to help. People are mostly good-natured people that want to help and uh, they'll try to give you some information that creates like you said a false lead.
1: Well, and also what you have here too is I I think is it's really underlining what they believe it's really putting the exclamation mark on, hey, we no longer believe that we're looking for a missing child.
0: Yeah. It's sad.
1: And although at this press conference, there there was, nobody would actually come out. Well, Chief Bell did not actually come out and name any suspects, but he did say, quote, certain people have been eliminated and certain people have not. Yeah. He said flat out that the police have not received any cooperation from Steven and Jocelyn And he pleaded with them to come in and sit down with him. The grandparents, on the other hand, well, they did not mince words. They said, if you did nothing wrong and you have nothing to hide, why don't you cooperate with law enforcement to find your son? These were the words of Dennis Smith. In response to the press conference, Stephen and Jocelyn released the following statement. Oh, they
0: released another note. Yeah, well, okay. this, this is their this What's is this, the way that this they this is their third note in the case that they're releasing.
1: Well, their statement they they have a rebuttal, or it, at least it's not a no comment thing. I, I I don't know what to make of this. You could take it either way, either let's hear it, I'm either ready. condemn them for dodging the media or condemn them for releasing a statement. I don't know what to make of it, but they said, despite everything that law enforcement has had to say, we know that he is out there meaning Jalik and will return to us someday. We pray that the reclassification of the case will not result in the lessening of efforts to bring Jalik home to his family. The statement also expressed objections to the discontinued use of the age progression photo Arguing that people needed to know who to look out for. This is a statement. One half of the parties that provided this statement was a man that was tearing down posters for a vigil at one time.
0: Yeah. I mean. I don't know if they know how big of piles of shit they are of people. Uh, This Jocelyn. That's the key to it all. Right. Is Jocelyn. Is what I think. I think she now knows. I think she might not have known before. But I think it may be a temper tantrum. And one of his little rages. That he slipped up. Or maybe there was some evidence that he left behind. Because he's a lazy pile of shit. And he slipped up. And now she knows. And now she's either scared and she feels like she has to protect her children and other adopted child? Or or she's also afraid if she goes to police that they're not going to be able to protect her, possibly? Or what is he going to do because we know he's a known liar? How much is he going to throw her under the bus? Will he try to blame her for everything that has happened? These are individuals that the kid goes missing and they've done nothing everything they've done every step that they've taken is to muddy the waters and to me that's all that's all the proof we need we're not you're not going to get anywhere unless you find his body but again i think in these circumstances it's like you know, that that's finding a needle on the haystack unless somebody comes forward and says, I know what happened and I know some details and I could lead you to an area that could be easier searched. But, I think, but this, this son of a bitch ain't going to come forward and say shit. So maybe one day it's, it's going to wear on her more and more. Cause th- these are her parents that are coming out saying, you guys are awful people. Right, And if you had nothing to do with this, be cooperative with the police. These are her, her parents. That is going to wear on her and grind on her. And it should. It should wear on you. And whatever God or whatever you think you pray to, that shit ain't going to help you. And when you get to the other side, you're just going to burn in hell for all your sins. That's what I think.
1: I don't... I don't know that they're trying to muddy the waters. It, their actions to me look more like pretend the water doesn't exist. I mean, it's right from the get-go, right from Jump Street. Grandma's over at the house and she's saying they're acting like nothing happened. They're well, no, more, I, I agree. They're more concerned about a doctor's appointment and going to a birthday party and should they feed me some breakfast. It's it's like as soon as he was gone, regardless of how he was gone, right, even if the kid ran away, there was no there was no almost even no mention of it to her. Like like they, they called her and told her, this is what's going on. she shows up, wants to help, and they're they're concerned with other things, and it's been that way since the, the minute that it happened.
0: Yeah, but hold on, that's, that's what I'm saying though. it's kind of weird because it is both happening at the same time. It's back to Forrest Gump. It's both happening at the same time. Yes, acting like nothing happened completely, but also, oh, by the way, we found this note that suggests that he ran away. Now, I might have gave him that as a homework assignment, but I I can't remember that. But he, he probably ran away. Now, let's act like nothing happened. And let's do that for a time period. Okay, now things are getting a little hot in the kitchen. Here's some other random note that is typed saying that he's alive or he's fine i I believe wholeheartedly or wholeheartedly that they're responsible for that note, and so yes i I agree with you there's there's a definitely there's these moments of let's just act like this kid never existed, right, but I think there are these times where they're they're throwing wrenches in you know into the case to muddy the water
1: in regards to the anonymous letter that shows up to media. I don't know, man. That's just a weird thing. It's it. You could see it being the parents because they chose to send it to the media. I could also see it being just a complete hoax. Yeah. I mean, we have the attorney saying, "Hey, there's there's stuff in there that only Jalik would know." That doesn't mean anything. That's that right. man's opportunity and uh, and the parents' opportunity to say, "See, we told you so." Even even if they didn't mail it. They go, oh, oh, we right. got lucky. Some some weirdo decided to mail in a an anonymous letter to the newspaper. I would like to talk to a major newspaper and ask them how many anonymous weirdo letters do they get on the reg, Right? Like, is what's what do you put the what do you put the mark at the quota? Is is it somewhere a well, couple a couple a week? A week?
0: <laughs> yeah, one once a week.
1: I would imagine back in the day that it was it was more often, but in late two thousand and thirteen. What was interesting here is that rumors started to swirl that there was an arrest in this case that was going to be happening and soon, Mm. but chief bell said that there was no truth to these reports. So we got all excited and worked up for nothing.
0: Yeah. Half chub, you know,
1: what seemed to spawn these rumors was the current Washington County D a announced on the anniversary of Jalik's disappearance that he believed a prosecution for Jalik's murder could go forward. He didn't name anyone, but reading between the lines here, this likely meant that he believed that there was sufficient evidence to bring charges against Stephen Kerr. Mm. Now it's important to note that this public statement was issued in the middle of a bid for reelection, which the DA did not. Win the current one did not win. So when the new DA took over his office reviewed the police investigative file for the case, but did not proceed with any prosecution citing double jeopardy as the reason that the no body murder case should be put on hold until the evidence was rock solid in the case. Then in 2018, the case, well, received a terrible blow. We had uh, the man who had headed up the investigation from the beginning, the man who refused to let the case die, the man who never gave up on finding Jalik, Chief George Bell. Very sadly, he passed away suddenly in March of 2018. According to the Times Union, in his 39-year law enforcement career, Chief Bell had never missed a day of work. 39 years working law enforcement, Chief Bell never missed a day of work. He had been having flu-like symptoms leading up to this, and he died of a heart attack after leaving a hospital in Bennington, Vermont. In 2019, an article in the Post Star says Jalik's disappearance spawned one of the most in-depth investigations by a local state and federal officials in Washington County in decades. And even after 13 years, a group of investigators continued to work on the case. According to the same publication, Washington County district attorney, Tony Jordan's office has been reviewing the evidence police amassed, which was turned over to his office in the spring of 2018, shortly before Bell's death. They are cautiously assessing the material in the file with an eye toward possible prosecution. This here is another bizarre thing in this case here, Captain. You got to wonder, how strong is any of this evidence? How strong is any of this case? What do they have? What could they possibly have? Is it a case where it's just minus the body? Right. And once we find that, boom, we're moving forward with charges. So this guy should be on the edge of his seat at all times. He should be very afraid because we are one piece away from convicting this guy and putting him away for a very long time. Or is this posturing to try to get this dude to make a mistake? But again, he's pretending as nothing has happened.
0: I think there's a lot of stuff out there in the open against the son of a bitch. So what do they have behind closed doors? Let's say it's equal to. Now we've got a pretty strong case. But they, we always know that they're weak cases if you don't have a body. So focus on that. Find the body. Once you find the body, then you can bring this bastard to trial. And he can spend the rest of his life behind bars. And once you figure out that his wife knew about it, she could spend the rest of her life behind bars as well.
1: See, I don't know that I share that same opinion. I don't know that I believe that Jocelyn is convinced that Stephen did something. And I say that because her actions before the boy went missing were to protect the children in the house. She even complained to others, her mom and other people that Stephen wasn't behaving or parenting the way that she wished that he would. Right. So for me, I kind of look at it and go, I, I really wonder if she truly felt that he had done something that all the other children are potentially in danger as well. Now, we would know based off of the ages that we listed earlier that here in 2020, all of these kids would be adults now. They would be young adults, but they would be adults. But still, you would have a period of over 10 years to be concerned that he could do something to one of these other children. Mm -hmm. And I always like to, to rely on the um, previous actions of, of an individual will usually lead you to what their future future actions and behavior will be. And that's what we saw on the outside looking in before in regards to Jocelyn. I'm not so naive to believe that she doesn't, maybe at some level suspect something, but what I truly think is going on here is one of two situations. Well, I shouldn't say that because here I go, here I go narrowing myself to two situations when immediately a third popped into mind. Let's say, and you've been hinting at this a little bit along the way, and I can, can agree with this a little bit. There is a chance that there's something so much more horrible under the surface going on that, that never reached any of the public, never reached anybody that knew these people, that there's just some really bad, horrible stuff going on. And it had been going on for a very long time. There is always that small possibility that that is a truth. However, where I lean with this case, and I'm going to go a little glass half full and a little glass half empty at the same time. Okay. Why are we laughing?
0: I don't even know what that means.
1: Well, you will when I finish my thought. So where I'm going with this is one of two things I think is probably likely here. Either, Either A, Jalik did run away and his adoptive father was kind enough and concerned enough. Please hear the sarcasm in my voice to give him enough time an opportunity to get as far away as possible so that he could not find the boy and nobody else could find him and return him to the household. If that did not happen, I feel like he's convinced his wife that that's what happened.
0: All right. So do you want to know what I think? Sure. (laughs) I think we all know what I think so we don't have to go over it. Right. Well, this, you know, I, I think he's responsible I think she knows or, or like you said, there's something, maybe it's, it's the way he told the story one time. Maybe it's her finding the jacket that he claimed that, that he would, he would have been in when they were looking for the kid. I think there's something in her deep down and her gut that's telling her this guy murdered a child and I've been supporting him. Again, maybe also, in a sense, if I'm here, that I can protect my children. But um, but it might not be a confirmed knowledge. But I think I'd be really interested to see what they have behind closed doors. What evidence that they have that hasn't been shown to the public. Uh, but I think it's really going to take finding a body in order to bring the charges against this individual that need to be brought against him
1: yeah and I think you're hitting on something really interesting there Captain because there's a lot of gray area and there's a lot of what we do not know about Steven's cell phone that they were tracking that night we know that they were tracking it. okay we know that they believe he was out driving that gold minivan around that night I have to believe with all these swirling rumor rumors that they keep going back to time and time again, every so often that we have evidence to prosecute, we might an arrest might be happening soon. I wonder if they have more information that's based around that cell phone and based around activity that they know took place with that gold van that night. Yeah. And here is uh, a statement from a former state police investigator who's now retired and he was involved in this investigation for six years or so. And he said that there was significant, he used the word significant, significant evidence in the case that has not been revealed publicly. And he went on to say that the national center for missing and exploited children, when they reviewed the case years earlier that we reported on uh, in this episode, He said they deemed it to be, quote, prosecution ready. So you have to wonder, yes, are they just looking for that one final piece? Now, this is a case that that more than just as much as any case out there, but more so than, than, than a lot of them, needs the public's help. We need information from the public. And if anybody knows anything at all, In regards to their suspicions about Stephen, their suspicions about where Jaleek could be or what could have happened to this young boy, then they need to come forward. It's been too long and report this and point law enforcement in the right direction, please. Again, anybody with information they're asking that you contact either the New York State Major Crimes Unit or the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And we'll have those numbers posted for you on our website at truecrimegarage.com on the blog for Jalik Rainwalker's case.
0: For our bonus show cut off the record, check us out on Stitcher Premium. Also... If you would like to check out our old episodes, they're all for free on the Stitcher app. Just go to the iTunes store, download the Stitcher app, and listen to all the old catalog for free.
1: And before we wrap up, we have a little recommended reading. This week we have a really good one, as always. It's called Hellhound on His Trail. The Stalking of Martin Luther King Jr. and the International Hunt for His Assassin. This is by Hampton Sides. He's a best-selling author. Hellhound on His Trail is an intense narrative about the assassination of a great man and great leader, Martin Luther King Jr., and one of the largest manhunts in American history that led investigators to Canada, Portugal, and England. So check out Hellhound on His Trail by Hampton Sides, and you can find that title and many more at TrueCrimeGarage.com on the recommended page. And until next week, be good, be kind, and don't litter.